in the uh, the Rambam in the uh, seventh parak of Hilchos Chames Umatza. Mitzvah Asei Shel Torah, the Saper Benisim Beniflos Shenasu Lavosena BeMitzrayim, Belel Chamisha Aser Benisan. It is a positive commandment in the Torah to discuss to 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 retell the miracles and supernatural events that ha- happened to the Jewish people in Mitzrayim on the night of the fifteenth of Nisan. Just as a note, it's not it's not it's not particularly clear if that date is saying this is when you have to fulfill the mitzvah or this this is the date in which the miracles occurred. But be that as it may, the Rambam is discussing is 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 describing the positive commandments that's that's told over in this in this parsha of Bo to recall the to the story of Tzias Mitzrayim. And as it's often understood, Itzias, to tell the story of Itzias Mitzrayim is to tell over the events, like what occurred during Itzias Mitzrayim. Right? We say, Avadim Hayinu Tarah B'Mitzrayim, right? and, and God took us out in the way that He took us out. But the Rambam, is, what the Rambam emphasizes is that it's not just to tell over the events of what, what the history of the Jewish people was, that they were in Mitzrayim and they were enslaved and then they got out because God decided to take them out and they brought them to Eretz Israel. However, the, the, the central <laughs> aspect, a central, the central aspect of the, of, the, of the mitzvah is to emphasize the fact that this was a supernatural event. That there were nisim viniflos shenosu Mitzrayim. That's what you have to tell over. The fact that there were supernatural events that occurred to take the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim. In uh, Midrash Rabbah, in, in this week's parsha, we have the first mitzvah, right? as Rashi so uh, very famously quoting, quoting the Medrash in the very beginning of, uh, of the Torah, says that the Torah really ideally should have started off with HaChodesh HaZelachem in this week's parsha. Why is that? Because this is the very first mitzvah the Jewish people received as an Am. There are indeed, there are other mitzvahs that are listed sporadically throughout Sefer Bereshus. We have the mitzvah of Mila, obviously, or the mitzvah of Gidan Noshe. Various other mitzvahs that are at least alluded to. But in terms of giving over a mitzvah to Klal Yisrael, to the Jewish people as a whole, as a Klal, this is the very first mitzvah. The Midrash says, the... Uh, It lists a bunch of diametrical opposites in the world that they're not able to that they're not able to be compatible with each other. The Jewish people are not able to have anything to do with those who worship the stars and the celestial bodies. Rather, they are completely distinct. Midrash continues, Lefikach, therefore, Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hoyl v'asis alechem nisim b'chodesh hazeh, because I performed miracles for you in this month, af'atem osu rosh chodesh. Similarly, you have the commandment of making rosh chodesh. Shene'emar ha'chodesh hazeh lechem rosh chodeshim. What is the re- what is the connection between the fact that there were nisim v'niflos in the advent of Yitzias Mitzrayim, which again it didn't necessarily have to be, right? It could have been that, you know, 
everyone was, you know, distracted for a few hours at the border of Mitzrayim, and then Klai Yisrael, you know, quietly walked out, all one million and a half of them. It didn't have to be this incredible sound and light show that took the course over a year, as the Mishnah Edio says, right, Dinan Shal Mitzrayim, right, Yud Beis Chodesh, this, this took place over the course of a year, these, these, uh, these makos. This was not like, uh, like an event that you could have, uh, that you could have, you know, missed, right? This, this was a year long of the most extravagant, uh, you know, supernatural events. So, uh, uh, the fact that I made for you Nisim during this period of time, that's why you have to do Kiddush HaKodesh. What is the connection between this theme that Klai Yisrael is commanded to do Kiddush HaKodesh? Again, the very first mitzvah the Jewish people are given as an Am, and the fact that there were Nisim Beniflos that was the central focus of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. To just as one final note before before we before we before we delve into answering this question directly, I wanted to quote this mechilta that I was looking for for an hour and a half. The the, the mechilta in this week's parsha. The mechilta starts from this week's parsha, right? The mechilta is lechoran is is ba'ofen kali. It's on sefer shemos, but the mechilta is is primarily a halachic work. Primarily, there is agadata in the in the in the mechilta, the sifra, and the sifri, but these are primarily halachic works. So they start from parshas bo because that's the first time we have a mitzvah, right? But it but it makes a reference to last week's parsha. Makes a reference to last week's parsha when Moshe Rabbeinu comes to the Jewish people and gives them the whole story. About how Akarosh Baruch Hu made a promise to the Avos, and uh, you know Shmi Hashem Lonodati Lam, I didn't reveal myself in the way that I had right. I had promised to make them, you know, a nation and to inherit the whole land. I didn't, I didn't reveal that element to them as we discussed last week, right? Moshe he gives the whole history, and after he gives his whole epic speech, Velo Shamuel Moshe Mikotz Ruach They didn't hear Moshe because of the the spirit had been sapped from them. They couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't hear. They couldn't hear Moshe Rabbeinu. Say, right? Says the says the mechilta. I'm Rabbi Yehuda. Yesh Adam Shemavasar Lo Besara Tova Ve'Eno Shomer. There's someone that have you ever met someone that you tell him good news that he's going to be saved from this you know incredible calamity, this horrible situation that he finds himself in, and that doesn't rejuvenate him. Meaning Adaraba, the fact that the Jewish people are in such a horrible state of affairs. Okay, and it says in right two parshas ago, right? By Itzaku El Hashem, they they cried out to God because of the because of the difficulty of being enslaved. They wanted to be saved. They're asking to be saved. And here comes Moshe. He says, listen, you know, God gave a promise to your forefathers and now it's going to be fulfilled. We're going out. <laughs> right? So to that it says, they, didn't, they, couldn't, they couldn't hear. Why couldn't they hear? On the contrary, that should, that should get them excited. Right? It was difficult for the Jewish people to fathom having to remove themselves from idolatry. Now, as a side note, I didn't realize as I was preparing this, but this is actually very, very kedai to look into, right, in your own time. Perak Chaf Aleph of Sefer Yechezka is a, essentially a retelling over of the events that happened in Yetzias Mitzrayim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that he doesn't mention Moshe and Aaron explicitly, but it doesn't have to because the, right, the context is clear. It says that, right, I... I I appeared Niglesi Ami the Eretz Mitzrayim. I revealed myself to, to the Jewish people while they were still in Mitzrayim, and I told them, I told them, Mishchu Yedecha Migilulechem, remove yourselves from your abominations, meaning Avodazara, remove yourself from that. Right, prepare to be redeemed, prepare to be redeemed, and they didn't do it. Right, and the only reason I took them out was to was to consecrate my name. 
was right. Chalila, there should be a chilul Hashem. Just again, the theme of all the parakim over there in Sefer Yechezkel, all the way through the through the through the through the lamids, right? When the Jewish people are in exile, I have to save them. I have to bring them back to Eretz Israel for the sake of my name, not necessarily for their sake, because they they're you know they're lost and corrupt and completely ensconced in uh, in uh, in, uh, in non-Jewish culture and they've abandoned the Torah. But in order to save in order to save my name that has been that has been that has been um, that has been mechulal bagoyim that's been desecrated, right? I have to save them. Yeah. What's going on here is that Moshe Rabbeinu isn't just telling them about the good news that, okay, the shibud's over, the, sl- the enslavement is over, we're leaving. He's saying, there, this, there's some strings attached here. <laughs> it's not just that God has come and decided to take you out. It's that there's a paradigm shift going on. Yes, you're going to be freed from slavery, but, there, but there's a new program now. The program is Am Hanivchar program. That's, that's, that's the plan. And, and on that point, Lo Shamu El Moshe Mikotsu that's what that's what they weren't able to hear. They weren't in a place where they were able to hear, you know, now we're going into the mode of being the Kabli Torah, of being the Am Yodea Hashem. In the beginning of Hilchas Avodazara, right? So so right. So just to clarify the problem that we're that we're dealing with right now, right? What is what what was this difficulty that the Jewish people were so attached to Avodazara? They were so attached to this system, to this to this, to this, to this way of being, that they weren't even able to rejoice over being, over being redeemed from slavery, right, from a totalitarian slave state, okay. And 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 in some way, the removal, right, the self removal from this avodah paradigm, is meant to be embodied in kiddush hakodesh. <laughs> That's what we're seeing now, okay. How 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 does this play out? So the Rambam in Hilchos of This there's one of the two places, as far as I know, in in the in uh, in the Rambam where the Rambam gives some type uh, type of an historical introduction to the halachos that he's about to discuss. Hilchos Hanukkah, right? Yeah. No, so that's what we saw in the Medrash Rabbah. Medrash Rabbah says, right, because I because the Jewish people are incompatible with Avodah therefore, I did for them Nisim, and in order to commemorate that, they need to do Kiddush Achodesh. Well, this is like linking all these all these themes together. How the Jewish people were ensconced in Avodah they didn't want to leave because they didn't want to leave Avodah Zarah. And Akash Baruch was commanding them, right? To remove themselves from Avodah Zarah and be Makadesh Lechodesh in order to commemorate this, in order to actualize this, embody this. All right. The Mechilta over there, but, by the way, the, the, the line that we didn't quote, that's in the Mechilta. It says that, Mishchu Kachulachem Tzon, right? Take for yourselves a sheep, right? Or, or right, right, a Tzon, which in, right, includes other animals as well, right? Take for yourself Tzon to prepare for the Pesach. It's a double lashon, right? Why don't you say, just say kechu, okay? Mishchu yedechem me'avodazara. Remove your, remove yourselves from idolatry. Yeah. So again, these these themes, these themes, these overlapping themes are very, very, are very, very strong. And just to understand how does this play out. So again, so we're reading from Hilchas Avodazara, and as and as we said in the Hakdam, this is a sort of historical. Um, historical uh, 
prelude to the phenomenon of Avodazara. Okay? And really, in the first two chapters over here, there's just gems, really, like, the whole thing is just really, really kadai to, right, to go through and to, and to, and to, and to understand. Excuse me, the first, the first paragraph, not the first two paragraphs. Um, but just, but just, but just what's relevant to our conversation. There's a lot, there's a lot of historical information that the Rambam gathers from Chazal and from other sources that we're not so clear where he gets it from, but anyway, be it as it may, we'll focus on what's relevant to us. Bimei Enosh, in the days of Enosh, okay, right, a few generations after Adam Arishon, Tau b'nei ha'adam tos gedola, all of mankind made a tremendous error. All of the wise men of that generation were in on this mistake. Enosh himself was also one of these mistaken individuals. This was their mistake. Because God created the stars and the planets and all the celestial bodies, and put them in the sky and gave them tremendous honor. And they do all the things that they're meant to do, right? What, what the pu'ulos exactly of, are, of the planets are, there's a different discussion, but the point is that these entities have tremendous, tremendous influence on what human beings and the entire Bria experiences, okay? The movement of these bodies in the world has tremendous influence on the world. Clearly, God wants us to honor these entities. He wants us to give them kavod. Okay? Just like a king would want the subjects of the kingdom to give honor to his servants. Right? If an official in the name of the king comes to your door, you give that official kavod. Indeed, there's a similar idea in halacha, right? A shliach beizdin, someone who's an emissary of beizdin, okay? He, right? It's as if beizdin is in front of your house. Right, the Gemara in Baba Kama and Daf and Daf Kufiyud Beis. Our halacha is about how you have to treat a shliach beizin. Right, a shliach beizin is neman even without Adam to go back to beizin and say, "This guy, I, I right, I delivered an order to him to come to beizin, and he, you know, he threw me out of the house. He mocked me. He didn't listen. He's neman, and the, you could put someone in nidoy on the basis of that. Right, it's a serious thing to right to relate to a shliach beizin in a proper way. Okay, so it's just a svarab shuta. If God uh, 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 established these entities as his mediums by which the world is to be affected and, and orchestrated, then we should give them covered. We should give them honor. They built temples for them and they, and they sacrificed to them. And to prostrate themselves before them. And the original intention was to lahasig, to grasp das ha'el, God's knowledge, meaning godly, divine, divine knowledge, through this way. This was the foundations of, of idolatry. They, right, no one, and at least in that generation, ever, ever, ever asserted that there's no other God, that there's no other divine entities other than these things. Okay, rather they wanted to give uh, praise to right to these to these to these entities because they were you know emissaries, so to speak, of God. I'm skipping a little bit ahead to halacha beis. And with as time went on, right, false prophets, which by the way. False prophets, as the Rambam makes very, very clear throughout Nor Nebuchim, especially in the beginning of Chelek Aleph, Nevi'e Sheker are not people that are making things up. 
necessarily. They're not coming and 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 professing right prophetic experiences, and they're not experiencing anything and just completely lying through their teeth. Neviei Sheker are people that do in fact experience certain experiences, metaphysical experiences, that have no training and no grasp of authentic prophecy, and they tell people about their experiences and they tell them to follow them. That's Neviei Sheker according to the Rambam, just as a small ha'ara, okay? And obviously, this is a very big topic, but, but, but just to understand what the Rambam is, is, uh, is saying. Right? They would go out and right, go out and say it's incumbent upon us to worship this star or this right or this this planet or this whatever. Okay? And that's how idolatry became the thing that it is. That is, right, right, a brief history of idolatry, according to the Rambam. They wanted, right, they wanted to start off giving giving credence to God's emissaries, recognizing that there was one in fact, that there was in fact one unified God that created these entities, these forces in the world. They wanted to give honor and respect to them in order to, again, in order to praise God, and in order to, through that, gain access to divine knowledge. But with time, it became its own system detached from the perspective of the unified HaKadosh Baruch right? From the unified divine being. The the Avodazara of 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 Eretz Mitzrayim was certainly at the time, and perhaps arguably of of all time, the the most sophisticated system of Avodazara of what the Rambam is describing, meaning the Chachma of Mitzrayim. Who was the person that we were, I was talking to recently about uh, about Rav Tzadok? I was talking to someone. Right, right, right. We were discussing Rav Tzadok. There's a piece in Rav Tzadok about how, uh, about how the the taiva of Mitzrayim, right, the corruption of Mitzrayim, is the corruption of Chachma. Right, and as he explains over there, the Chachma of Mitzrayim is the ability to have a complete and thorough grasp of all of the kochos that permeate the bria. Rabosai. To say that Avodah Zarah is Sheker is misleading because it is mostly true, the assertions of the pagan <laughs> systems. There, there are, in fact, kochos that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created in various manifestations that permeate the Bria, that have a profound impact on the Bria, on the Bria at large and on individuals. They are, in fact, these forces that exist. They're not wrong by asserting that. And that first step, that first step into the, into the idolatrous system of trying to connect, to commune with these forces in order to have a connection to divinity, that was the first fracture, that was the first step away from authentic Avodah Hashem, which developed into a system where those forces, those kochos, were all that there were. That was all that there was. We're living in a world that is permeated with spirits, permeated with forces, powerful forces, or perhaps if you want to say another way, gods, gods, okay? And we have to do whatever we can do in order to commune with them, to, to be on their good side. What does that mean to be on the good side of a god? What that means is, there's a, there's a very specific parish to what that means. What that means is to be able to harness and wield that koach in a way that will be effective for your for your... Right? For your purposes. That's what it means. And again, these things are not wrong in the factual sense. These things are very, very real. 
right? Don't try to deny them. But the, but the, the problem of Avodah Zarah is to create a worldview and an existential system that only recognizes this. This is the sum total. And again, Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim was the, was the, was the, was the epitome of such, a, of, such a, of such a worldview. They had a very, very sophisticated and detailed, thought-out schematic of how the Bria functions in this way. Which koach does this? Which koach does that? The combination of different kochos produces X, right? A different combination produces Y. Very, very sophisticated and thought out, right? The, right, the Chochmei the chachme Mitzrayim had a, had a very, very clear understanding, right? And the Chartumim, the Chartumim of Mitzrayim, these were, not, uh, these, were not, these were not charlatans, let's put it that way. To pull oneself out of this system, to pull oneself out of the system is very, very difficult. As the Gemara Navodazara says, right? People are familiar with the right, the story of uh, uh, the Sugya in, the, the, in uh, towards the beginning of Avodazara of, of uh, Elazar ben Dordaya. The Gemara there is talking about two, right, the two primary sins of Arayos and Avodazara about how what characterizes these uh, these Chatayim is the difficulty in removing oneself from them. Because once someone becomes ensconced within them, to remove oneself is is, is exceedingly difficult. Now, Arias is not is not the topic of our conversation. But in terms of but 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 what is is the system of Avodazara of again relating to the Bria through this prism, through this understanding of reality. That again, the Bria, the sum total of the Bria, is a bunch of extremely powerful kochos that we have to contend with, and we have to commune with, and we have to worship, and we have to figure out how to wield and maintain a connection to, and that's the. That's the sum total of reality. This view of the Bria produces a very, very specific view of the world. As the Pasuk in Koheles says, Ein tachas There is nothing new under the sun. And as the Midrash in Koheles Rabbah, which incidentally, Koheles Rabbah, I'll just say, is one of the very, very old Medrash Rabbahs. Not, like, not all the Medrash Rabbahs are the same the same uh, level of, uh, I wouldn't say authenticity, but they're, but they're not as old. Shmos Rabbah, for instance, is primarily a compilation of, uh, of other Midrashim. Horatius Rabbah, Kohelis Rabbah, Rus Rabbah, Shirashirim. These are very, very old Midrashim. Anyway, Kohelis Rabbah says, Ein chadosh tachas Hashemesh, Hashemesh yesh chadosh. Tachas Hashemesh is all of those kochos, all the kochos that make up the pagan pantheon. Of all these gods and all these forces that we see, we see with you see with your eyes that they operate and they and they exert influence on the world. You can't deny that these things exist. Of course, they of course they're here, right? Tachas Hashemesh. This is the reality. Above the sun, there's another reality. Ein chadash. There's nothing new. There's no chodesh in this domain. In this domain, there's nothing new. Why not? Because because this this is. This is the Seder. This, this is how things work, right? You have a, right, the most intricate machine that you could imagine, right? Like a, like a, like a, right, like a Swiss, uh, right, a Swiss watch, Swiss, <laughs> a Swiss watch with like a, right, with 10,000, you know, tiny little moving parts, okay? They don't change. On the contrary, if they change, it means it's broken. That's what it means. Change in such a complex system means that the system isn't working. Continuity and permanence and sameness is what characterizes a complex system with all these, with this multiplicity of moving parts. There's no chadash. There's no chadash there. Tachas Hashemesh, there's no chadash. But lemala me Hashemesh, 
there is Chodesh. This is the mitzvah of HaChodesh Hazeh Lochem. HaChodesh Hazeh Lochem. Atem Monim LaLevona. You count the years, count your calendar through the, through the months. There's no idea, essentially, there's no idea of the year in the Hebrew calendar. There's months. After 12 months, that's a cycle, and you continue the cycle again. But primarily, it's months. It's the Chodesh. It's the Chodesh. They count according to the sun. The Shana. Listen, Rabbi Osai, it's all in the language. It's all in the Lashon. Lashon HaKodesh contains everything. What does the word Shana mean? What does it mean? The word Shana. No. In a slightly different version, it does mean that. But it really means the opposite of that. Shana. Shana. Huh? Well, not old exactly. <laughs> what? Repeat. Repeat. Yes, to repeat. It's the same thing over and over and over again. Vishinantam levonecha. To repeat. Go over. Hazara. The same thing over and over and over again. Shana. It's the same thing. It's just, it's just it's just the same cycle that we had yesterday, and now it's another cycle, but it's the same. Chadash means new. It's not the same. It's not the same as it was. The umas haolam armonim the shana. You're Mona the Chodesh. Why? Because Mishchu Yadechem Habodas Kochavim. Because you have to remove yourself from that system. You have to remove yourself from the worldview that asserts that there's just an intricate system, that it's all self contained, and this is what you have to contend with, and that's the sum total of reality. There's nothing beyond that. By definition, there's nothing beyond that. Because if there was, then the system wouldn't work. That's the assertion. That's the assertion of the pagan. The assertion of the pagan is, is that by definition there can't be anything beyond the system. By definition. Because the, the intricacy and the complexity requires that everything stays the same. The whole advent of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Rabosai, the whole advent of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim was to counter this view of reality. To counter this view. The Maharal in... Uh, <coughs> in in Vuras Hashem, in Perak Nun Zayin. Yesh l'choladas, shakol eser hamakos halolu, that all of these ten plagues, hayu keneged ma'amoros shel sheshes yemei hamasa. They were all keneged, the utterances, the speech that brought the world into being. Okay? Explain a little bit outside, just to just to give just to give Akdama as opposed to like reading the entire uh, five pages over here. The Maral explains the purpose of the Makos. The purpose of the Makos was to peel away the layers of Maaseberachus. Okay, so when you have a structure that you have one layer on top of another layer on top of another layer, right? Imagine ten layers. So when you're peeling back the layers, which layer do you start from? Right, you start from the last layer. Okay. You peel back the last layer, and then the second to last layer, third to last, etc., etc. Okay? So says the Maral, the first maka was to peel back the last layer of Maiseberatius. Okay? What was the last mimer of, of Maiseberatius? Okay? The last Vayomer. Right? I have made all of this for food to sustain the creations. Okay? The first maka is the maka of Dam. Why is that? 
because the sustenance, right? Ki hadam hu anefesh. The blood is the is right is the life force that keeps everything sustained. Indeed, this is I mean just at the most basic physiological level, the nutrients of the food that an animal eats, a human being eats, they're right they're right they're sucked out of the food through the digestive system, and then and they're, then they're delivered to the body through the blood, right? The blood that which the blood is the life force of the of the human being and of the animal as well. It's not stam. It's not just a it's not just a biblical metaphysical assertion. This is in fact the way that it is. Maral goes step by step explaining each one. We just, just just give two more examples. What's the second to last maka? The second to last maka is choshech, which which should parallel in this system. That right, the last exactly vayehi or it parallels the second maimer of ma'isa bereshis. Vayehi or is undone by the maka of choshech. What's the first maimer of ma'isa bereshis? Is a trick question. Anyone learning us? Rosh Hashanah over here. Yeah. So bereshis doesn't say vayomer. Doesn't say by Yomer. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah says Bereshis, The word Bereshis, Nami Mamarhu. It's also a Maima. Okay. And the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah Daflamid does. What was the last Maka Rabosai? The last Maka. Last Maka is Bechoros. The first. The firstborn. The Rashis. The Makas Bechoros is neged the Rashis. It goes against the firstness, the ability to generate something, the ability to get going. That that very ability to get going. Okay, to start is hit by Makos Bechoros. It's destroyed by Makos Bechoros. The very por- the, the, the whole purpose of the whole construct of the Makos is to peel away my to show, no, this doesn't exist. It's not a closed system that's self-sustaining. I brought it into being. I created it. And if I want to, I could, re- I could deconstruct it. <laughs> I'm bringing it into being every moment. Li'olam devarcha Hashem nitzav v'ashamayim, as the, as the Pasuk Intelum says. Your words, God, your ma'amar, your dibor, that you generated being through the, through the dibor. They're always there. They're constant, right? All of reality is being generated into being every moment. Machadesh b'chol yom tamid It's constantly being mechadesh. Mechadesh, made new. It's made new. It looks like it's standing there all the time and it's just repetitive, but it's not. It's being brought into being. And the Makos were to show, oh, you think that this is a self-sustaining, perpetuating, constantly non-changing thing? I'll show you. I'll show you the true nature of this construct that you're living in. I'll peel away the layers one by one, and you'll see. You'll see, right? It says explicitly, you don't need to go to any esoteric sources to see what the purpose of the Makos were. Mitzrayim will know that I am Havaya. When Paro says, Lo yadati es Hashem, he says to Moshe, I don't, I've, never, I've never heard of this God. Because this God that you're describing is fundamentally different than any God that I know. I know about gods that are forces that operate in the Bria. And they're constantly bashing into each other. And they're at war with each other. And they're, and they're at war with human beings. And we have to contend with them and make nice to them and worship them. That's the type of God that I know. I don't know this God that is the, that reality is contained within this God. God is the resting place, the dwelling place of the world, as the Barashas Rabbah says. God is not in the world. The world is in God. <laughs> it's, it's not, right? It's a, it's a completely different paradigm. God, Paro knows of all the gods that are in the world. That's the gods that he knows. He doesn't know about the God in which the world is in him. He doesn't know about that God. And in order to reveal the nature of this God, right, the layers of reality are peeled away. One by one. So Klal Yisrael, as as we will as we will see shortly, the purpose of Klal Yisrael is to be the nation that embodies this attribute 
by their very essence, by the very fact that they exist. Yeah. But both pagan systems and Judaism have a defined worldview. So the fact that we believe that Hashem is outside of the world, they believe Hashem is inside the world, that their gods are inside the world, is like a, it seems to me like a difference in degree, but not in kind. A difference of what? In degree, meaning they have like different characteristics, but fundamentally they're the same because there's the final worldview in those both. I'm not sure what you're saying. You're, 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 Meaning there, there's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's a You're saying what's the difference? What's the difference between the pagan worldview and the Jewish worldview? Fundamentally. So, so again, it, 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 this is this is the whole this is the whole point of our conversation. The pagan worldview. If this wasn't explicit, we'll say it again. The pagan worldview is looking at reality and seeing all the forces that operate in it. Define them very very well. Again, very very well. We have to give credit where credit is due, right? And 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 they and and they learn how to contend with these forces at the physical and metaphysical level. That's the pagan worldview. But there's nothing according to that worldview. There's nothing outside of that system. There's nothing that can come in to that system and change it. There's nothing that can do that. The system is closed. That's the that's the fundamental assertion of the pagan system. The fundamental assertion of the Torah system is that no, this system is all created. They're all created beings. They've all been generated into being. Okay, and that whole system is contained within something else. And that something else can, 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 can alter and manipulate the system at will. That's, that's the fundamental difference. Is that, right? is that clear? And this is where the theme of Chadash comes from. That's why Chadash is so central. It's the very basis of everything. Chadash is the basis of everything because it's the fundamental difference between the, what the Jewish people were experiencing in Mitzrayim and what the, Jew, and what the Jewish people were meant to, to lead after leaving Mitzrayim, to, right, to, 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 to manifest and embody. It's getting a little late, but we'll just wrap this up quickly. How, how does this how does this relate to us on on the personal level on the on the on the level of personal avoda? There's a story that was uh, told to me by a good friend of mine, uh, Sam Griffin, who just uh, recently moved to uh, Pardes Hana, which was uh, very lamentful that I've lost a good friend in Jerusalem. But be that as it may, Sam Griffin told me a very good story from the from the fifth from the sixth Rebbe of uh, from the sixth Admor of Chabad. <laughs> they say in Chabad that you can't be a Rebbe until you've been thrown in prison. So, which is true, right? Uh, in fact, the Rebbe, right, the last Rebbe, when he was learnt, when he was uh, when he was in Berlin uh, studying in uh, in university, so he once got thrown into prison for a day. Uh, on Purim for being uh, too rowdy, and when he uh, got when he, when he got left out, so apparently uh, he met uh, he met Rav Soloveitchik, uh, <laughs> was also uh, there at the same time. He said, "Oh, now you can be an Admor because you're because you're uh, you're a Yotze. So his predecessor, the Rebbe Rayatz, okay, wa- lived during the the uh, the communist regime, and as we know, that regime was was very, very uh, antagonistic to any uh, spiritual group, any, 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 uh, any organized uh, group of people that had an authority outside of the motherland, the communist ideal, right? Really, I mean, it's, it's very, very difficult. I'm not sure how much, uh, how much all of you <coughs> studied the phenomenon of Soviet communism uh, before, uh, d- during during your life, but 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 the the, the totalitarian nature of this of this uh, of this regime is almost it's almost unimaginable. You know, you read a book like the Gulag Archipelago, 
and you see you know, the utter absurdity and the and the uh, and the horror. I see you're all smiling, so at least you're uh, kind of familiar with this. But the but the uh, but the but the but the the, uh, the abject the abject horror of uh, of living under such a under such a system. And this is not like the Nazis that you know were kind of you know here for a little bit and they you know they did what they did and then they kind of uh, left. This was a regime that was uh, you know, that was around for uh, for a lifetime, right? Um, killed tens, of, I mean ten, tens of millions of people. It's not it's, it's it's almost impossible to know how many people they killed. But anyway, be it as it may, the uh, the KGB one day decided that they were going to imprison the Rebbe Rayats. because why not? And they take him to prison, and they're interrogating him, and essentially they want the 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 names and locations of the of the of the Chabad shlichim that lived in that lived in Russia and the area, so that they can go and arrest them. And they were threatening him, and he was uh, obviously not cooperating. And at one point, the interrogator he uh, takes out he takes out a gun, and he and he uh, you know slams it on the table, and you know pushes it over to the pushes it over to the Rebbe. Obviously, you know threatening that he's gonna you know just kill him because they're because they've uh, not uh, they haven't uh, gotten any use out of him. <clears throat> and the uh, the Rayas looks at the interrogator and he says, "That toy of yours." is intimidating to someone who has many gods and one world. But to someone who has one god and many worlds, it's not intimidating at all. So what does that mean? That story, I believe, encapsulates everything that we've discussed until this point. The assertion that there is one world, this is it. What you see is what you get. Right? Anyone is familiar with uh, IT and uh, cyber, right? The, what you see is what you get, right? What's in front of your face is the, full, is the full sum total of reality. And in that sum total of reality, there are many gods. They're all duking it out, and they're all fighting, and they're all making uh, chaos, right? It's, just, right, it's, a, right, it's a classic uh, pagan pantheon going on. To someone who lives in that worldview, things are, things are very scary. They're very, very scary. But someone who has many worlds, meaning this reality that we're making contact with is just the surface level of an endless, infinite myriad of realities. And all of those realities are contained within one, one God, one Havaya. All of that is contained with one Havaya. And someone who has that view, someone who really, really communes with that view and inscribes that view on their soul, is not easily intimidated. There is a mitzvah in terms of one of the dinim of Kiddush HaKodesh, which we learn later on in the Torah, in Sefer Dvarim, Shmor Es Chodesh HaAviv, Guard the month of Aviv. Ki aviv because in the Chodesh of the Aviv, which is an astro- astronomical sign, the Aviv, right? on that month, you were taken out of Mitzrayim. Chazal understand, Chazal understand this as a, as a, as a, as a, as a din in Kiddush HaChodesh. Shmor as Chodesh HaAviv. What does that mean? Make sure that Nisan, the Chodesh Nisan, always falls out during the Chodesh HaAviv. Okay? What does that mean? It means the following. How, much is a lunar, how, how long is a lunar month? 29 days. Right? How long is a solar month? Slightly longer than that. Right? A solar year is 365 days. 
a lunar year, okay, if you just add 12 months together, it comes out to approximately 11 days shorter than that, okay? So with time, with time, very, very quickly, the months no longer correspond to the seasons, okay? There's a mitzvah, there's a mitzvah in the Torah, that when a person, that when we are makadej to chodesh, to make sure that these months correspond to the natural phenomenon of the world, which is why we have the tools, right, of Ibr Chodesh, right, of adding an extra day to the month, right, sometimes adding an extra month to the calendar, right, Ibr Shona, okay, in order to ensure that there is a convergence between the Chodesh and the Shona. Rabosai, far from saying that we have to abandon the Shona, to abandon the system of the cyclical natural year and be totally, totally uh, uh, in the mode of the Chodesh, the newness, the supernatural, Adarabba, the Torah says, no, no, no. No, you have to be Shomer as Chodesh Aviv. Make sure that your Chodesh corresponds to reality. There's another system that also goes by a lunar calendar that doesn't do that. They intentionally don't do that, which is why their holidays can sometimes fall out during July and sometimes fall out during January, right? Just depends, right? If every year you lose 10 days, right? You lose 11 days every year, and very, very quickly, the, se- right? the holidays are coming out at a different, different time, right? But the, but, the, but, the, but the imperative of the Torah is to keep it, to keep it in sync, right? I heard this from Moshe Shapiro, Zichon and Levracha. Chazal called this mitzvah Sod HaIbor, the secret, the secret of the Ibor. Why is it a Sod? What's so secret about it? You could say, well, it's very complicated to do all these calculations, which it's true. It is, it is, right? it is very complicated. <clears throat> but the Sod, the secret of this Rabosai, is to say that there's the supernatural, there's the natural, and the Avoda is to make sure that there's a congruence between them. That's the Sod. That's the Sod. We have to be in the mode of Chadash, to be in the supernatural, that there is something beyond the system that comes in and affects the system according to its will, can assert with total and absolute agency. It can assert its will onto the Bria. That's the Chadash. That's the Chadash. But at the same time, it has to. It's obligated to contend with the reality as it is. It's obligated to contend with the natural Bria. And this, is, this, is a, this applies at the macro, at the macro level, okay? And this applies at the micro level, okay? The Adam, the, right, the section that we're going to read from Maranavuchim, which I don't want to go into now just because of time concerns. Anyone who wants to look this up, this is in Chelek Gimel of Maranavuchim, Perak Yud Zayin, right? When he's talking about the subject, right, these prakim of Yud Zayin and Yud Ches are the prakim that talk about Hashgacha and how the Rambam understands Hashgacha. And he says, right, Yesod Torasenu, right, the foundation of our Torah, Shiyesh Ba'adam Koach Lahafil Ritzono Piritzono. A person has the ability to activate his will according to whatever he wants. That's the Yesod. person has agency. What does that mean, agency? It means a person can decide, I want to do X. Where did that decision come from? Where did it come from? So some people might say, well, you have, so you have no free will. You're just the sum total of, right, you're just, the outputs are the sum total of your inputs. Because there's no Chadash. Right? You had this influence, you had that influence, you had this experience, this happened to you in your childhood, and eventually it produced all these outcomes. There's no chadash, nothing new. It's just the output of all the inputs. The Torah says, no, no, no. No, no, that's not how it works. It's, it's, it's fundamentally new. Your decision is new by definition. It's chadash, it's been generated ex nihilo. Something from nothing. Yesh me ayin. Yesh me ayin. It's chadash. Right? That 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 is the Yasod. And 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 to and to commute to, to, to fully inculcate this reality about how the Yasod of the Adam is Khadash, is Khadash, 
and at the same time, we are obligated to contend with the reality as it presents itself. Right? Just like the world is permeated by spirits, the individual human being is also permeated by spirits. We're also permeated by our aggression, by our lust, by our jealousy, by all these things that we need to contend with. Right? To pretend like they're not there is not the point. That's not the point to say, oh, well, you know, this is the reality and all that is Sheker. No, it's not Sheker. God created the Bria just like he created everything else. Right? The creation of the mosquito and the squirrel and the microwave and all the different, right? the full spectrum of reality that we experience is not an accident. It's not an accident that these things exist. God created them because he wanted to create them. Right? This, 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 right? this was the Ratzon to bring all these things into being. And just like right, all, the, all the gods, quote-unquote, identified by the pagans are, 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 are true, they're there, and, right, and to pretend like they're not there is a mistake, we have to contend with them. And at the same time to know that there is something outside of that system that can come in and assert itself at a moment's notice and can peel away all the layers, all of the layers of the Bria, all the ten Ma'amoras can be peeled away. Now, Kodesh Baruch Hu doesn't need practice to do this because obviously he's had a lot of practice, so he doesn't need to, right? Like he could do it just whenever he wants. For the individual, it's not so easy. For the individual purpose, excuse me, for the individual person, it requires a little bit of practice to be able to peel away all the Asara Ma'amaras. Not to negate them, not to destroy them, but to be able to assert oneself fully, assert oneself, and to harness and wield the Bria, to wield it, right? To recognize its existence and to be able to control it and wield it at will, that is the essence of Avodah. As, the, as, it, as it's, as it's, as it's uh, often categorized in the, in the Chachmei Nistar, that the two fundamental modes of Avodah are broken down into what's called iskafia and ishafcha. Iskafia means to subjugate, and ishafcha means to revolutionize. Iskafia means that you find something, you, you, right, you see the force coming against you, and you push it down. Right? As it says in the Gemara and Brachos, yargiz adam tov hara. A person needs to aggressively push, push down the yetzer hara with his yetzer tov. It's a battle. But 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 that but that battle is not the idea, is not is not the ideal rather. It's not it's not the it's not the lechatchila, it's not the lechatchila. The lechatchila is the ischafcha, the 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 revolution that 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 these that these things are integrated. They're brought in the sod haibor. The so huh? Ischafcha, ischafcha like lahafoch to change. The sod haibor is that the chadash is in parallel, is in tandem with the Shana. That's the ideal. And it's true that in Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim was, Mitzrayim was very much the Iskafia mode, right? It was destroying. It was, right, it was aggressive. It was violent. Yeah? But the, but the, but the point of that was to, was to reveal something very, very deep about the, about the, about the nature of reality and the nature, and the, and the relationship between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Bria and the nation, and the relationship between the individual and the Bria. Right? That the Chadash and the Shana can 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 coalesce and be orchestrated in tandem. And Bezrat Hashem, as the Ramam says, the mitzvah of remembering Yitzhak Mitzrayim is fundamentally the fact that this was a supernatural event, that there was chadosh, that there was newness, that broke the pagan paradigm. And at the same time, to be able to integrate that and 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 bring it in to be in a peaceful coalescence with the with the with the Bria itself.